Pas Forgione, I wanted to start with your reaction as someone who's been involved in the struggles of unemployed people and poor people for many years now. Your reaction to the end of nine years of Conservative government. Broadly speaking, is this a good development given some of the horrors of, for instance, the robo-debt scheme and more generally the, let's say, less than generous attitude of Liberal governments towards the unemployed? Well, the well, the first reaction, of course, is tremendous um, relief. Um, you, you know, one looks back over the last nine years of Abbott, uh, um, Turnbull and Morrison, and you know, there have been like a lot of uh, like horrors that have um, uh, been like inflicted on people on on low on people on low incomes, on people on settling payments, and a lot of horrors that that um, they attempted um, to inflict, which were. Uh, you know, fortunately, um, blocked because of community pressure. So we had, of course, that you know, a vicious 2014 federal budget where they uh, try to pass um, legislation, meaning that job seekers under the age of 30 would only have access to unemployment payments for six months at a time. There were multiple moves to, um, I might introduce um, drug testing of people on selling payments, um, like again. Unblocked, there's a tremendous some community pressure. Uh, but of course, like a lot of things that they were successful at, like introducing, you know, we, you know, we saw the expansion of the cashless welfare card um, to multiple new sites in Queensland and Western Australia. Um, you know, our our mutual obligation um, system, the the hoops that job seekers have to jump through, like in order to keep um, receiving their payments. Um, you know, we've always been particularly harsh when it comes to how we treat job seekers, but things have gotten much, much harsher, um, like under the last uh, nine years of, of conservative rule. So, yeah, it's it's a tremendous relief to see the end of uh, um, um, the LNP, but of course, um, that relief, like, eventually is replaced by uh, an acknowledgement that. You know, what the new federal government has promised uh, people on selling payments is is actually very little. Mm. Now, you mentioned the cashless debit card there, Paz, which was first uh, introduced in, I would argue, quite a racist way in, in remote uh, Aboriginal uh, communities. And, and Tony Abbott uh, uh, very contemptuously talked about the, the, the moral failings of the unemployed, that somehow they're all alcoholics and drug addicts and uh, that their money should be uh, policed and monitored in, in a very um, sort of paternalistic kind of way. It was one of the more odious elements of the Liberals' welfare Programs. The Albanese government has announced, however, uh, an end to this humiliating uh, system. What is it that made the cashless debit card so loathsome among the unemployed, so humiliating, and, and why is it a welcome development that it's now uh, being brought to an end? Yeah, well, this is this is probably um, the most positive thing that uh, the Albanese government has promised for uh, people on welfare payments. The the cashless a welfare card in both its forms. The uh, the basics card, of course, you know, being the older of the two um, cards, which you know, as you know, you know, dates all the way back to the Northern Territory and the, you know, the the intervention, um, which, you know, which has been running there for 15 years, um, has caused nothing but um, stress and like humiliation and upset. And the fact is that it starts from uh, from the assumption that if you're on a Centrelink payment. You know, you're somehow um, like incompetent and and like irresponsible and like incapable of 
um, managing, um, you know, your affairs and your finances. And that's a deeply, like, offensive, uh, unlike assumption. And as you point out, you know, like, it's often a very racist assumption. The fact is that the, you know, where people on selling payments struggle to, um, you know, uh, manage their finances, it's because they simply don't have enough money coming in. It's because, you know, the, their payments are disgustingly low and their living expenses are extremely high. And instead of, like, addressing that fact, the card starts from starts from the assumption that people on payments are are making the wrong choices with their money and therefore, you know, like, it's acceptable to, you know, treat them as second-class citizens, um, to subject them to, you know, conditions that no one else in the community has to be subject to, like, I don't know, micromanage, you know, where and uh, where people shop and what people buy. And, uh, yeah, the level of, like, uh, uh, my humiliation and surveillance. The fact is that, you know, um, the card has never, like, achieved, uh, uh, like, any of its uh, so-called outcomes. Like, there's, you know, it's been report after report after report, like including government um, reports showing that, you know, for the small number of people, you know, who do have issues managing their uh, money, like whether it's because of, um, like alcohol issues or, or substance abuse issues or, you know, difficulties budgeting, the card's been useless. I mean, mm. because of, and the fact is, you know, it just doesn't actually uh, work because if someone's in serious difficulty, they don't need this kind of sledgehammer approach, coming in, taking away control, making them feel like even worse, that's not going to turn people's lives around. You know, shame and oppression never turns people's lives around. Mm. You know, positive programs work, but the, but the government's never been interested in funding any of those. So, you know, they don't want to fund, you know, positive, culturally appropriate services that, you know, build people's own skills. They just want to fund punishment and shame. So it's, it's just been a disaster. Yeah, a, a rare bit of, of welcome good news for, for, for the unemployed and, and, and poor people. Now, next month, the employment services provider, Job Active, will be replaced by something called Workforce Australia. Is this merely a cosmetic name change or are you, are you anticipating something more fundamental in the system of, you mentioned before, the system of so-called mutual obligation for the unemployed, a new points-based system is being proposed as part of this change. Now, how much impact will all of this have on, on the lives of the unemployed? Mm. Well, it's, it's, it's been difficult to get accurate information about how this new system is going to work. Um, I mean, one thing, one thing we do know is that it is, it is another step um, down the path of digitization of the welfare um, system. Now, that's, that's um, bad news in my view because, because I think, I mean, uh, uh, first of all, we know that, you know, um, like anything that makes uh, the welfare system um, more automated, um, like anything that removes more face-to-face um, contact is bad news because, you know, that means a removal of checks and balances. When we think of, like, digitizing the welfare system, you know, we think of, um, you know, robots and what a what a catastrophe that was. I mean, something I forgot to mention earlier when we you know, spoke about the horrors of the last nine years. Um, so, um, so we know that um, there'll be about 170,000 job seekers who will be switching um, to like an online only system of um, you know, I'm like interacting with um, 
uh, the welfare system and meeting their mutual obligation requirements. Now, that's um, the other reason that's bad news, apart from the reduced checks and balances, is because we know that, you know, um, for many people in poverty, um, digital access is a real issue. Like, um, um, you know, they don't, you know, they don't have the right technology at home. You know, they don't have a proper internet connection. If they're older job seekers, they might not have the skill to be able to um, do everything online. Um, spare a thought in particular for, you know, people in remote communities who, who likely have, you know, very limited and like intermittent, like internet access. So, um, like any shift to a system uh, that um, 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 that means more the interaction will be online and and less will be face to face. That's um, that's very very bad news. Um, like aside from that, the other thing to say is um, you know we already have one of the strictest and most um, punishing um, mutual obligation systems mm. in the world. And like anything, I mean what we need. Uh, more than like anything, is a relaxation uh, of those obligations. Because they don't actually help people find work. Unlike all they lead to is, I mean, people getting cripped up, like having their payments and cut and, you know, going through the stress of having to get reconnected and potentially going days and without money. So um, we, don't, um, we don't have the full picture yet of the new system, but I don't think it's a fundamental change. Um, and what we do know is that, you know, if you know, it's likely to lead to um, a more engagement online, and for many people, that'll be very frustrating no and, and very inconvenient. Moving now to the broader economic situation, Paz, we're currently living through a period of very high prices for basic consumer goods beyond just electricity prices, which is the thing attracting the most headlines at the moment. In fact, inflation is worse than it's been in decades. Yeah, at the same time, and this is very disappointing, I'm sure, for uh, many uh, welfare advocates and people on uh, welfare payments and indeed for people more broadly who are supportive of and excited about uh, the new Labor government coming into power, that, uh, that that government has declared it will not be supporting an increase in the job seeker payment at a time of such uh, high prices and, 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 and a cost of living crisis for, for working class and unemployed people. Um, just how bad is it out there for, for unemployed people at the moment, given it's hard enough even for people with a job to make ends meet? Yeah, what's just, what's just heartbreaking, if, if you're on job seeker, chances are that the bulk of your income is going towards them your rent and we know that uh you know rents have skyrocketed um you know year in year out for as long as we can remember you know well above uh um like inflation uh, and then after uh, after you pay your rent whatever you have left you know you cover everything else but we know there are huge numbers of people who are skipping meals and skipping medicines um um, so the situation is very, very dire. The, the incredible thing is that despite like opinion poll after opinion poll telling us that, you know, the community gets it, they don't need to be convinced. Like overwhelming uh, majorities of people support a raise um, to job seeker. In fact, even during the federal election, like a poll came out um, commissioned by the Australian Council of Social Service saying that 68% of people support job seeker being raised to above the poverty line, and Labor still couldn't make a commitment. In fact, they uh, um, they backed down from their previous position. You know, not only would they not commit to a raise, but they wouldn't even commit um, to a review of the rate. And that's um, 
that's absolutely heartbreaking. And and I think if you want to deal with the, the cost of living um, crisis, you know, you have to deal with what's happening to people on the lowest incomes. You know, you can't talk about supporting people on the minimum wage without talking about supporting people on job seeker, you know. Um, you know, you know, you, you know, you have to be consistent there. Absolutely. Now, finally, Paz, the previous Liberal government painted a very rosy picture of economic health in this country, with unemployment supposedly at record low levels, a supposed full recovery from the depths of the COVID lockdowns. That somehow people have no excuse not to get a job. What would you? say to that? And where do you think things are going more generally in terms of the, the future for some of the most marginalised people in our community? We've, we've spoken a lot about some of the, the changes in the pipeline with uh, the new Albanese government now in office. You know, broadly speaking, in your view, is there cause for hope under this new government? Well, I mean, I get my hope um, from the community, from the fact that you know there's such strong public uh, um, support for um, lifting people out of poverty and for a more like like humane and respectful welfare system instead of one that just uh, um, punishes and shames and recipients. Um, uh, so that's what gives me hope. Like in terms of the economic situation, I mean, first we know that uh, the unemployment rate. Uh, it, is a figure with you know pretty um, limited meaningfulness. Uh, it only um, gives us a very small um, part of the picture in terms of uh, what it's like um, for people looking for paid work at the moment. So, for example, we know that the the percentage of people on working age payments at the moment is actually higher now than it was before the GFC. So, before the GFC, um, 3.3 percent of um, people were on um, working age Centrelink uh, payments. Uh, we're now at 5.9%. So what that tells us is the unemployment rate is low, but there are lots of people with only casual or part-time um, roles, and they're not earning enough to be able to access um, uh, to be able to exit the welfare um, system. So these are, you know, what we think of the working poor, right? Like they, uh, you know, they're getting a bit of income from paid work, but not enough to exit the welfare system and they're still they're still struggling financially and that's really like long-term trend that um you know job creation it's you know it's casual and part-time roles it's like it's in pure roles it's not full uh and stable employment and and um that trend that trend has got to continue and i think it's pretty clear that you know like in terms of all of the things we care about like whether it's raising welfare payments like whether it's you know like increasing Funding for you know dental care and mental health and and uh, public housing so we can do something about our housing affordability crisis. All those things are going to require um, raising taxes and and uh, the Labor government has ruled out um, reversing the stage three um, tax cuts uh, that will largely benefit people on two hundred thousand dollars a year. So. Um, Unlike in terms of the cost of living crisis, like we know there are there are solutions out there. Um, you know, are they, are they just require a bit of uh, courage and a bit of a uh, principle from the new uh, federal government?